0: Hello, team. Welcome to the Strong, Healthy, Happy Podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to build a strong, healthy, happy body with an anti-diet culture and mental health approach. I'm Liz Campbell, owner and trainer at M12 Fitness. Let's get on with today's episode so you can start building a strong, healthy, happy body. Today, we are talking all about diabetes. Jen Bennett from the Nutrition Room is here to talk to me this morning. Hi, Jen. Hi, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm very excited for this today. Awesome. So I do know that this is kind of like one of your favorite uh, topics to talk about. Before we get into that, though, I would love for you to tell us just a bit more about the nutrition room.
1: Yeah. So the nutrition room was started by myself and my business partner, Katie. She's on NatLeap right now. And we started it over two years ago. And it was just kind of a venture that we both wanted to explore so that we could have more input, I guess, for how we treated our clients. Um, We came from the public sector where things are very cut and dry, lots of red tape, things that we couldn't really say or do just because of certain guidelines. And so having the nutrition room gave us a little bit more um, flexibility in how we wanted to practice, which has been great. So... It's been very challenging and we've learned a lot, but it's been the best thing that we've both done and we're both very happy now.
0: So, who do you and Katie serve with the nutrition room? I mostly see people with like
1: diabetes. The core of how I practice is based in intuitive eating and mindful eating. So, I kind of weave that into my chronic disease management. And Katie, she for sure does more of the intuitive eating, mindful eating approach, but she also specializes in. Cancer survivorship, gut health, like IBS, those kind of things. Um, And we actually have a pediatric dietitian as well who serves um, the picky eating population. So we kind of have a wide breadth of people that we can see.
0: Wow. Yeah. So you definitely do cover all of the bases at the nutrition room. We try to, yes. (laughs) Awesome. That's great. Okay. So, yeah, kind of going back to what I was saying um, about this being one of your favorite topics to talk about, why is that? Why is diabetes so interesting to you?
1: I love diabetes so much. Um, So when I first got into it, it felt like one of the first places that I had worked as a dietitian where the role of the dietitian was so, so important. And that made me feel like my job was valued or my role was valued. Um, And then the second part was that there was always so much to learn. So with all the different types of diabetes that a person can be diagnosed with and all of the different interventions that come along with it. It just grabbed my interest. And I've been working in diabetes for about six years now. And I feel like I'm constantly learning and I'm constantly seeing the way that my role in other people's health improves their well-being, I guess. And so that's just what kind of keeps me interested. And I don't think I'll ever leave this area. I love it so much.
0: Oh, that's good. So it's definitely a passion for you. For sure. Yeah, I love it. I guess my first question, um, would be like, what exactly is diabetes? If you could define it in some way, how would you do that?
1: So basically diabetes is when a person has higher blood sugars. So, and there's lots of different types of diabetes that people can have. Um, but generally it just means that the pancreas is either not producing enough of a certain hormone called insulin to pull the sugar out of the blood and into the cells. Um, Another type is that uh, the pancreas might be doing its job really well, but those cells are not allowing the sugar to come in. And so the blood sugars just stay high. And when the blood sugars stay high, there's a whole bunch of complications that can come with that. Um, Like you hear about people losing their vision or they have problems with their kidneys or their risk of heart stuff increases. Um, and so it's really important that when people do get diagnosed with diabetes, that they have a team of health providers to bring those blood sugars down to reduce the risk of
0: complications. Wow. Mm -hmm. So you were saying there's several different types. How many different types? I know obviously like the typical ones that we hear are type one and type two, but there is more than that, isn't there? Yep. So there's
1: type one, type two. There's also pre like pre-diabetes. Uh, that counts as one. So that's where the blood sugars are a little bit higher than they should be, but not into the range that they have a proper type 2 diabetes diagnosis. Uh, there is gestational diabetes, which is diabetes in pregnancy. And there's also different types of autoimmune diabetes. Those ones are a little bit more complicated. Um, and the short term for those are called LADA or MODI. So it's like late diabetes of adulthood um, or a monogenic type of diabetes.
0: Oh, okay. So those are
1: more, more rare, but um, I see people with those as well.
0: So definitely more than just the type one and two that we're, yeah. based, we're hearing about all the time. Yeah. All right. And so how do you treat diabetes? It depends what kind you have. <laughs>
1: so if it's type one diabetes those people that have type one require some insulin. Um, they need insulin to live because their body has stopped making it altogether. Um, whereas for type two and gestational diabetes, pre like diabetes, uh, those can be managed with lifestyle and activity, um, for as long as the body kind of lets it be. There are lots of people that have type two Uh, diabetes. It's a progressive disease that they eventually need a little bit of medication or they might even need insulin. But the first approach is always diet and lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Um, And just because someone with type two starts taking insulin doesn't mean it switches to type one. That's a common misconception. So when you get diagnosed with type two, you always have it. You might just be considered insulin dependent type two diabetes.
0: So I guess that kind of goes into my next question of can you reverse diabetes? Yeah, great
1: question. So many people ask me so <laughs> when it's type one or one of the autoimmune types of diabetes, the answer is no, you can't reverse that. But if it's pre like diabetes or type two, uh you you can reverse it. Kind of. That's like a <laughs> not very good answer. But um so since I've been working in the diabetes world, I've seen thousands of people that have diabetes and maybe a handful who have reversed it. And how they've done that is through diet and lifestyle, but it's been a very intense lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. So they've changed everything about how they live. Um, However, they're, they're still at risk of having diabetes if they were to stop doing those lifestyle changes. So it's Yes, they can reverse it, but they need to maintain what they've done to um, maintain those good blood sugar
0: levels. Yes, but no. (laughs) So with diabetes, does it cause any other health problems? Are there other things that people who are diabetic need to watch out for?
1: Yeah, for sure. So it definitely increases your risk of cardiovascular complications. So that's anything to do with your heart or increases the risk of having a stroke and this is for people that have uncontrolled diabetes. It's when the blood sugars remain high or they're not taking their medications or they're not eating well, living well, exercising, that sort of thing. Um, it can also cause long-term damage to, like I mentioned, your eyes. Um, anywhere where you have very tiny little like blood vessels, uh, the sugar can scratch the inside of those small little vessels and cause them to collapse. So your eyes can be affected, your kidneys, uh, lots of people that have uncontrolled diabetes have lots of kidney problems. And you can get something called neuropathy, which is tingling, numbness, and pain in your feet, your toes, your fingers. um, And it can even go all the way up your legs. And if it's really bad, that's when some people need um, amputations to their feet, which most people have heard of in the diabetes world. So there are lots of complications. And, uh, so just making sure that people have a team of healthcare providers, like a doctor, a nurse, a dietitian to help them manage the blood sugars can reduce the risk of those complications a lot.
0: Who is at risk for diabetes or how could someone maybe tell if they are at risk for it? Yeah. So
1: there's, um, quite a few risk factors and actually it's interesting because, about 50% of Canadians are unable to list off some of the risk factors that's associated with diabetes, Mm -hmm. even though one in three people have it. So it's very common and people can't really identify what the risk factors are. So some of the risk factors are having a family member that has diabetes. Um, So your mother or father, if they have type 2, it increases your risk. Mm -hmm. If you're a female and you've had gestational diabetes in a pregnancy, it increases your risk of having type two later in life. If you are over the age of 40, then it increases your risk. If you have cholesterol problems or high triglycerides with, which are your blood fats that increases your risk. If you smoke, if you have something called polycystic ovarian syndrome, polycystic ovarian syndrome mm-hmm. that increases your risk. Or if you take certain medications like steroids, um, or anti-rejection drugs, those are some of the things that increase your risk for diabetes. And if you have an inactive lifestyle, um, carrying a bit of extra weight, those kind of things can also in, increase your risk a
0: little bit. So basically kind of leading that healthy life, staying active, eating, eating well, obviously not, not saying no to foods like, you know, cookies or, you know, any sweets or anything like that, but just making sure that you're just kind of sticking with a healthy lifestyle is going to help you combat this. Yeah, for sure. And what I tell people is if
1: they have a couple of risk factors, then as long as they are living that healthy lifestyle, most of the time, then that is enough to reduce their risk. If they're doing absolutely nothing about it, then it can increase the risk further. So exactly like what you said, healthy lifestyle is one of the biggest things in preventing
0: diabetes risk. Okay, and so basically someone goes to their doctor and they can just have these tests to kind of determine if they are pre-diabetic or at risk or anything like that?
1: Yep, so usually when people go for their annual physical, they'll get a whole bunch of the lab work done. And one of the tests that they'll check for is called the hemoglobin A1C. And that is just an average of the last three months of blood sugars. And if it's a little bit high, then the doctor might say you have uh, prediabetes. And if it's above 7%, then it's diabetes. Um, However, if it's type 1 diabetes, most people that get diagnosed with type 1 will feel very sick for several weeks or several months. And they might have symptoms like rapid weight loss. They might be peeing all the time, drinking all the time. Their vision might go a little bit blurry. Um, And in that case, most people go to their doctor. The doctor checks their blood sugars. Their blood sugars are very high. They go to hospital Mm -hmm. and then they're diagnosed with type 1. So type 1 can be a little bit more dramatic of a diagnosis because it is
0: autoimmune, but it is confirmed with a lab test as well. Okay, perfect. And so what kind of experience is someone going to have, say they get their test back from their doctor, they find out they have some sort of diabetes. What is the difference going to be experience wise coming to say you then rather than just dealing with their doctor about it?
1: Yes. So we see many, many people who um, are newly diagnosed with diabetes have seen their doctor and nothing is really done. And it's very scary for those people because they feel like this is a really intense diagnosis, but they have no information. On the other hand, there are lots of doctors that do do the right thing and refer them to dieticians or to a diabetes education program. But what happens is most of the time they get referred back to their family doctor and the family doctor will let them know they have diabetes. And usually they're started on an oral medication, a pill. Lots of people will either take it or decide not to take it and explore the food and lifestyle approach, which is when lots of people reach out to me at the nutrition room. And that's totally fine. And there are lots of people who can make little changes to their health that can improve the blood sugars quite a bit. So when I see someone who's newly diagnosed with diabetes, I just give them lots of education on what this new like diagnosis means and that it's going to be fine. (laughs) Yeah. And kind of um, let them know all of the ways that uh, we can bring the blood sugars down so that they're no longer at risk. Mm -hmm. They can still do that while they're taking a medication. uh, But I basically just talk about their lifestyle, what they eat, what kind of stressors they have in their life, how they sleep. Um, And if there's any little red flags that pop up for me, then we just talk about it and we try to decide if there's areas that they can make small improvements that still work with their lifestyle. Um, Cause a lot of times doctors will just throw a bunch of information at people when they're already feeling overwhelmed and they go home and end up wanting to do nothing, but sit on the couch and kind of freeze. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. So working with me is more a slower approach and kind of trying to figure out what works best for that individual. And it might mean, you know, taking a 10 minute walk every day, or it might mean having more protein at meals or something like that. So things that are achievable and not super overwhelming.
0: The baby step approach. Baby step approach. (laughs) I love that. Okay. And one thing that I kind of do want to know is what is the most common question you are asked from these people who come to you they've just found out their diagnosis maybe they're a little scared what is the most common question that you have heard from from your clients I think almost
1: every person asks me do i have to cut out carbohydrates oh yeah that's for sure one that everyone says or <laughs> am, am i not allowed to eat any sweets or desserts it's it's kind of centered around what can't I have anymore? Mm -hmm. And I always tell people there are no foods that you can't have. Even when you have diabetes, you can still have carbohydrates, you can still have a dessert, you can still have treats. It's just about understanding how those foods affect the blood sugars, and what you can eat with those foods to help or what you can do after eating those foods to make sure the blood sugars don't go too, too high. So mm-hmm. I, I never tell people they can't eat anything, especially carbs. Cause that's, that's our, that's the gas to our car. We, yep. we need those carbs. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, exactly. Carbs
1: are not bad for you. <laughs> no, they are our friends. So yes. I think I get that out of the way pretty quickly and I can see people sigh of relief or relax a little bit and say, Oh, thank God. Like I can still have pasta or I can still have fruit.
0: Mm-hmm. And Yes. You can have anything. It's fine. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All yeah. right. So Jen, where can we find the nutrition room online?
1: So our website is the nutritionroom.com. It's very easy. And we're also on Instagram. Um, we're also on lumino health, which is, um, like a platform for, um, registered providers mm-hmm. and we're on Facebook and LinkedIn and all that good stuff. And uh, people can just either book an appointment online or they can reach out to us through any of our social platforms as well, especially if they have questions uh, before booking. And we offer 20-minute appointments that are free uh, for people to ask questions and for them to see if it's
0: a good fit or not. Awesome. And if you aren't following them on Instagram, you should because they have a lot of great free information all the time on their Instagram page. Jen, thank you so much for joining me today. This was really, really informative. Thank you so much. No problem. I'm happy to be here. That's our episode. Thanks so much for your time, team. I always appreciate you being here. If you enjoyed today's episode, I invite you to like, share, subscribe, and I would truly appreciate a review if you feel so inclined to leave one. Check out what M12 Fitness is all about and what we offer at m12fitness.com. That's m12fitness.com. And find us on Facebook and Instagram at M12 fitnessliz Liz. Thanks again so much for being part of the team, and I'll be back with more soon.